Welcome back to Real Endings. Each week, we'll bring you an anonymous situationship that explores the messiness of real love stories. Megan! Hello! Oh, hello, gal. It is so good to be back. Oh, indeed. Um, so just to jump in, because this <laughs> podcast is all about the messiness of relationships, mm-hmm. I'm curious what kind of relational chaos you have experienced lately. <laughs> Okay. The story I've been dying to tell you that I is both like a story and also like soliciting input on what to do. Um, I recently moved, well, not recently, a year ago, moved into an apartment that faces a lovely backyard, like no complaints. There's no street noise. Right. But it does face a apartment building that is like on a different street, but like we back up to each other. Mm. And I would to help you visualize this, it's like a fishbowl. So the back of my apartment faces the back of their apartment. And I've found myself in this situation where there is a guy who lives in the apartment behind me at like the same level as me, who we make like really awkward eye contact all the time. And it doesn't, it doesn't seem clear to me, like what the move is of like, do I wave? Like, because we, we've made eye contact. It's not just like, unclear if we're acknowledging each other. And so I'm wondering if I should try to like move this from like a really awkward moment a couple of times a week into like, we could be friends and wave and like have a little string and a aluminum can pass between our apartments. But what would you like, has this ever happened to you before? Like this is (laughs) feels unique and also not unique. Weird neighbor stories abound. (laughs) I have been known to make awkward eye contact in my day, but I think the clear answer here is to pull a Taylor Swift. You belong with me and just post your <laughs> board, board message in the window yes. is the clear answer. Yeah. I mean, it's close enough. He could read it for sure. Yes. So my, my concern is the downstairs neighbor reads it and gets the wrong impression, you know? No, no. <laughs> he knows but, it's for him. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Great advice. Yeah. I'm curious, like, if you had a fishbowl living situation or like roommates, neighbors, what, what, what has happened in your life that this sparks? I mean, what, what living situation is not awkward? I think the, the most like off script one that I've had is when I was living in Seattle as a grad student, I lived in a micro studio, Mm. which is a new term they coined for a smaller than the smallest (laughs) size living (laughs) arrangements you could find. So it was so tiny. It didn't have a kitchen. Mm. Um, but there was a shared communal kitchen for everybody Mm. living Mm. on the floor. Weird dynamics. Absolutely. So bizarre because then you're in a way housemates with everybody living on that floor. And so nobody would use the kitchen because they were all regular people who realized that was weird. scary. But I used the kitchen. (laughs) And so I would go and buy groceries that needed to be cooked and cook in the kitchen. And there was one other person who also did that. And so we became kitchen buds. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and it's it's, like top chef, but with your, your neighbors. And it's like on a, like a Tuesday night, I don't want to be making small talk, but, but here we are cooking our dinners. And so I didn't really think much of it when I moved away. It just felt like he kind of like came with the micro studio and now I wasn't (laughs) living there. And but he found me on LinkedIn. No. Af- yeah. <laughs> After he, he, we must have coincidentally moved out at the same time because he messaged me on LinkedIn about a month after I moved. And he was like, I just wanted to let you know I moved out. So you're not worried or like oh. wondering where I went. And I felt so bad because so like, I, I had also you. moved out yeah. and didn't say anything. Wow. And, and there's just like no script for a relationship like that. Like how, 
I didn't know what you're supposed to do when you lose your kitchen pal that you did. <laughs> it's such a unique dynamic. Yeah. Like, right? It's like never going to repeat again in your life. Hopefully, so hopefully you upgrade not. to your own kitchen, which you did. And now you don't have to like but, deal with that. But interesting move to go for LinkedIn. That was yes, either a sign yes, of the times. Like yeah. this is either free Instagram or like, no, he really wanted to keep things professional. It was just the most professional <laughs> communication route, I guess. Love it. Yeah. Love that. Well, that was fun. I am ready to introduce you to today's story submitted by a friend of a friend, anonymized, of course, uh, for everyone involved. And I will introduce our protagonist, uh, who is named Rose. Rose. So, um, I, I can tell you that Rose at the time of the story is in her mid twenties. And when the story begins, um, she was starting grad school on the East coast and she met a guy who we are going to call in the story, Jack, uh, through a Facebook group for all students who were starting school together in the fall. Mm. So the group had a lot of recent undergrad energy. Um, and that was not Rose's story, um, because she had spent a few years working after undergrad. So she was kind of like, the vibe here is very like young, maybe annoying perhaps when you're a few years out of college, but she noticed that there were other people in the group who had also spent a few years working. And one of those was Jack. So he, they were in this group together and he friended her on Facebook after being introduced in this group. So question. Yes. How do we feel about people who friend you on social media without having met in person? Yeah, I would say that's like definitely not a normal thing. I certainly don't do it. I have a lot of like questions on like what you want to like initiate there. Like why, why are you doing that? I think it's definitely a friend move you do when you're in college Mm -hmm, or like in grad school, but certainly like comes with a little suspicion in my mind. There's a message there. There is a message. Like you're a certain type of person if you're like about to do something like that. So, um, more to come on like who he is. Actually, our protagonist said she kind of had mixed feelings about Jack based on his social media interactions. Mm. So after he friended her, he would like comment on some of her posts and then share stuff with her. And so she was kind of getting like weird vibes already just based Mm. on the social media thing. So like, we're definitely not sure that he's like the coolest dude, but they've, they've connected. He is really trying to push the friend thing. Like it will happen eventually. So they uh, get to school, school year starts, and they happen to run into each other in the library and recognize each other. Wow. And so they, in the books, I don't know, like, what, what do they say about the library these days? But they're in the, in the library. They spend, like, 30 minutes talking to each other, and it's just, like, they instantly connect. Oh, in the library. Described as an intense conversation by Rose. Like, she was just, like, we just went there. It was, like, we zoned in on each other, and we're, like, instantly connected. Wow. Was it partially because they had to, like, lean in close to whisper and hear each right, other? Right, right. Like How much of this is environment, nature other? versus nurture? We were just like, oh my gosh, it was just because we're, like, it's hot and, like, whispery. cool and whispery to yeah. be like, what's your story? And so 30 minutes of that later, they've decided Connection. to exchange phone numbers and wow. agree to meet up, like, mm. separately, which, yeah, quite quite an intense connection there. Um, they learned along the way that they have a lot in common. Um, kind of the, like, The stuff that you're amazed and it's kind of these weird coincidences kinds of things. For example, they grew up 15 minutes away from each other their Hmm. whole childhoods and studied very similar things in college. They had similar career aspirations that were kind of a pivot from what they studied in college. They loved the outdoors. They enjoyed backpacking, just loved working out, which – 
who loves who does that? that? Again, weird coincidences. And so they were learning all this stuff about each other, and the conversations were super natural, very effortless. They, um, Rose describes it as they were very intellectually compatible. Okay, which in grad school makes yeah. yeah. Perfect environment for those kind of people to like find each other, but also very hard to find people who are as smart as you. True. You know? So good banter. Enough said there. But one of the things that Rose calls out here is there were some moments that she was like a little uncertain about Jack and the way he interacted with other people. She describes it as a little bit, a little bit like self-centered sometimes. Mm. Not all the time, but she'd witness it sometimes just with her, sometimes with a group. And she kind of downplayed it. The connection was like super undeniable. And so I think she really over or she decided to look past a lot of that and just focus on the connection okay. and how how magical that was. And so they spent a lot of time together their wow. first year. Okay. School. So um Jack was uh very into talking about the future together Oof. and went really hard on the like future spouse oh, gosh. conversation. Apparently. I have to stop you. Okay. I have to stop <laughs> <What>? you here. <laughs> I have a strong aversion to people who talk about being future spouses if you're not, like, about to propose. Right. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. It just feels like I can't tell exactly the timeline here, but we are talking about less than a year, not committed to each other, absolutely not acceptable to be talking about mm. each other and, like, referencing wifey or anything like that. No. Like. That to me is just the like pump the brakes. Yeah, mother. confusing. It's, it's that'll confusing. get in your head. That gets in your head. And yes. I don't know if that's just me, but it certainly would be in my head a lot of like, oh, is this guy like really serious? Like, does he think I'm I'm it for him? And that that feels like a lot of pressure to Oof, put on something Rose. that doesn't have a lot of definition. Right. right. So I think Rose was both like really excited. Who wouldn't be? This guy's like really into her and talks about like wifing her up, and then she's also kind of nervous because that's kind of intense. Like. Intense guys. Are we into intense guys? No. Intense is kind of difficult to navigate difficult, in a day-to-day yes. way. So the intensity continued though. So she talks about this whole year, they would like go on weekend trips with their friends and there were all these deep conversations and they just grew really close. So we're like trending in the direction of like, this is just an intense thing, situationship, if you will. Um, while the intensity is growing, there is side conversation happening between Jack and some of his friends and family. They learn about Rose and they advise him to cut things off with her Oh, because they actually think that with it's being like first year in grad school, really like your job is to like learn and then have a lot of fun, like be single, don't put too much pressure on your life. And they kept hearing about how intense this relationship was and told him to prioritize himself and just be single. Wow. I am I am stuck on the fact that A, it seems as if he elicited romantic advice from his family and friends mm. and then B, listened to it or communicated it. Somehow it got back to Rose yes. that she was she was being judged about this yes. situationship. I'm how are we feeling about that? I would feel like a violation of my privacy. Yeah. Like it's our relationship. 
I don't need to like get input from the group, no. especially when it's not, it's still kind of ambiguous, right? Like we're, we're like in a relationship quote unquote, but there's not like the labels of a traditional relationship. No. So like leave me alone. It's none yeah. of your business. I hate when people meddle in my relationships. Cause yeah. I'm like, I didn't ask you. No, maybe he asked though. That is unclear. Maybe. Yeah. Details, yeah. Which but- would be, yeah. Interesting if he's, yeah. Yes. So what do you think Jack did with that advice? Did he listen to it or did he keep dating Rose? I mean, there's no way he listened to that, right? Jack did indeed (gasps) decide to end things with her. He realized he wanted to follow the advice of stay single, have fun. And so he ended things, but classic tried to keep things friendly with oh, Rose mm-mm. and Rose was not about it. No. Which I say good for her. She good was very her. cold to him and said like boundaries. If I'm too intense for you, you don't want to be my friend either. Yes. This is not for you. And so things ended. It became summertime, a school year closed and everyone kind of went their separate ways for the summer Except for Jack and Rose didn't go their separate ways for the summer. Oh, no. They ended up at the same summer camp. No. Yes. This does not end well. Yeah. You you realize you're like playing with fire, not trying to like play on the metaphor of the campfire, but the connection rekindled. Oh, gosh. Pretty quickly. And they became flirty again. It's bound to happen um during the camp trip they would do cute little things like leave love notes for each oh, other no, around camp. no rose and they'd bring coffee to each other which you know a camp counselor is desperate for Needs good caffeine it. when they're dealing with children and they would talk about their futures together again more so spouse and like wifey convos not even, not even dating but like this is this is classic right like the environment was so like perfect for them to reconnect i mean it's um, summer camp they had the goggles on they ha- wait say more about this have the goggles. you the summer camp goggles the summer camp. oh like is it like rose tinted glasses yeah like yeah it's like you know any situation where you're stuck with a set amount of people for what seems to be forever but is truly just a mm. finite amount of time you without your own realizing it have goggles on and it's almost as if your brain goes i gotta find my spouse amongst this group this population. And so it's the summer camp goggles. Yeah. It's the same phenomenon on study abroad trips or yes. the bachelor. It's, yes. it's the goggles. It's, it's understandable as a former camp counselor myself, we all did it. And we, we realized that it's quite a bubble. It's, it's an bubble. environment that really starts to like narrow your world and not to say that their worlds were super narrowed, but like they really zoned in on each other they and did not to. have eyes for anyone else. And so despite that, we will give Rose some credit. She was continuing to notice some like yellow to red flags around Jack's behavior Ooh. and had a lot of questions about if they were actually a good match based on these camp these camp situations. So we're a little nervous again because this isn't new, right? Right. We've been here before. We have. Like Rose isn't stupid. Rose watches. She's got this like kind of intuition around how Jack is perceived by other people. And it sounds like there were a lot of situations where it just wasn't great. And she's starting to notice more and more of those as the summer goes on. After camp, Jack went to study abroad in Northern Ireland. Mm, Plot twist. Plot twist. She's back on campus. He's in Ireland. While he was gone, they stayed in contact, but Rose had a lot of doubts about the situation of their relationship. 
Um, they had left things on good terms and they were still talking a lot, but things were still muddy. Um, who reaches out again, but his family to again. comment on his love life because again. they're aware that Rose is back in the picture and advised her to call things off with her. This time using words like tether to describe who Rose was to <gasps> Jack on his bachelor adventure in Northern Ireland. That is offensive right? to Rose. She's not a tether. What kind of language? Like that is, that is so strong. That is so to describe offensive. someone who like unless he's telling his family that she's like manipulative and bossy and mean like she's only a, a like beneficial part of his life like his family should be thrilled she brings him him coffee yeah yeah did he not mention the little love notes yeah the sweet nothings of the campfire that that's so special and i i just wonder what his family was thinking when they gave him such strong advice of like ditch her again like we really it, it feels I'm trying to think of like what this conjures up for me of just like the family who really doesn't like yeah. the person and they will do anything. Do you want those to disrupting? Be your yeah, disrupting their son's happiness for their own opinions and preferences. Yeah, it's like it's it gives me the ick. Saboteurs. Yeah, saboteurs. Do I even have to ask you? Do you think Jack took their advice or not? Like we we know what happened the first time. I, he, I he gave listens? him the benefit of the doubt the first time. I'm going to say history repeats itself. It sure does. Jack did not learn his lesson the first time. He ends things again. And this time is like, you're right, Rose. We can't be friends. Oh he cuts gosh. off all communication. Oh, my gosh. Gone. Cold turkey. Like, obviously, the distance makes this easier. They're not running into each other on campus. But it cold turkey, it's gone. They are they're metaphorically dead to each other. How? However, he comes back to campus a year later and they have a mutual friend who's getting married. They're both going to be there. They decide to meet up beforehand to quote unquote catch up. Risky. So risky. Have you ever done that? Have you, have you ever done the like the catch up with an ex? Like, never. Well, ne- we, we never. on earth landmines of bitterness and hurt feelings. <laughs> never ends well never ends so well. rose wasn't listening to her gut she should have known that was maybe not the best idea but they do it they meet wow. up and here's where the story introduces it a, a, a comedic element while they're together oh no jack confesses to having thrown their love letters and photos into an ocean in an empty whiskey bottle Stop. when he ended things no no the Jack, the like angsty, Jack. the angsty twenty-something boy that. energy in a move like that is almost sickening. Like a little bit of barf in my mouth. At like he's listening to like dashboard confessional, yes. drinking his little whiskey, and then he's stuffing it with all the love letters of this girl that he broke his heart twice because he wanted to be a single bachelor and just oh like live up gosh. his best life. Stuffs the love letters into the message or into the bottle. And throws it out to sea. No. Taylor, what do you think happens to the bottle? I mean, how good of a throw does he have? Like, you got... <laughs> I feel like message in a bottle only works if you're on a boat. And you, like, right. drive it out to the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Or where you're, you like, dump a Jack body. Sparrow. Yeah. And you're, like, really out there. And yeah. you can just haul it overboard. No. There's no way that goes far. No. Yeah. And, like, would we assume, like, the natural tidal patterns of the water would eventually force said bottle to find land yes yes well the bottle did indeed wash up on shore oh my gosh and a park ranger found it stop 
And their love story went viral on the no. Northern Iron Ireland equivalent of the New York Times. <gasps> Everyone was talking about it. A reporter like found the messages, unpacks the bottle, is is crowdsourcing the community to say oh we must reconnect. They're this reading couple. Rose's They're reading deepest Rose's emotions. love letters to Jack. I and cannot. Everyone is is resharing the story on social media, trying to find out who the couple was, thinking they're still together or like <gasps> something has happened and they like lost each other's phone numbers and oh the community gosh. can bring them back together. No. So Jack finds out about this and is like, shoot, I have to get these back. And so why why is that his reaction? <laughs> <laughs> great question um unclear like perhaps just like trying to save face like really unclear he had he asked for the letters back and had to explain to a devastated community that they were indeed broken up and never planning to get back together in the words of taylor swift like never, never ever, ever ever getting back together and oh so gosh. that happened he got the, the letters back <laughs> What what isn't clear is is what happened to the letters after he recovered them. Like, are they still in his possession? So many questions. The the, the unanswered questions here stack up because this is where so. the story ends. No, this is the last no bit of the story that we have from Rose. And so, <sighs> Taylor, what? I I know we have a lot of questions. So many. There's so much to unpack about the the persona of Jack and and Rose and their their situationship. And I pose the question to you that we pose on all of our podcasts: Was this a ship's in the night or a shipwreck? A hundred percent a shipwreck. <laughs> I mean, the honestly, this was just riddled with red flags because. I trust Rose's gut above all else. And her gut kept saying, no, 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 mm. this is not it. Um, there was some questionable family involvement yeah. that seemed to be prioritized over Rose's feelings or even Jack's own feelings. But honestly, the nail in the coffin is why the heck did he bring all of their love letters to Ireland? Who is packing his suitcase and saying, I have 50 pounds to take with me overseas for a, year. for a year. And one to five of those pounds, depending on how many love letters she wrote him, is going to be letters. Yeah. Dedicated to letters that what you plan to reread in your spare time. Bring a book, bring a Kindle. Yeah. I, I, I find it like the the comp in my head is someone just like bringing along a journal that they wrote in in middle school and being yes. like in case I want to revisit my feelings from <laughs> a case, couple of years ago in case I want to cry I just want to like bring this along just in case I have so many questions about his packing habits and the priorities of like what else made it in that mm -hmm. suitcase you mm -hmm. know like what kind of junk is is packed in those 50 pounds so yeah Can't major trust him. questions I think I also just like want to acknowledge that Rose had such good intuition from the very beginning mm -hmm. that like something wasn't adding up on Jack and his character. Mm -hmm. And she knew that. And I think we, I, I relate to like her ability to know that and also say like, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like this oh, yeah. connection is so deep. We've all been Rose. That we've, we, we all kind of like overlook the red flag because we really want it to work. And like intense connections are really hard to like 
negotiate your way out of. Like they're, they're really compelling. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It was, it seemed like they had so many opportunities for deep conversations. They were constantly, it sounds like at grad school, just like finding their ways in libraries or meeting up or doing, having all these deep conversations and deep conversations will really minimize red flags. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you are right to call out that there is a lot of, um, concern around the guys who rush really quickly into the seriousness of like marriage and commitment when you're like, we barely know each other. We're still trying to figure out if we're compatible. And so again, red flag after red flag leads me to like, kind of agree with you actually fully agree with you shipwreck. This is, this is like you, you got out Rose and we're happy. Good for you. Rose. You found the life raft. Yeah. And and you went viral. And yes, you, That's a fun story. You have you have this in your back pocket as a life lesson and a memory of like, you know, good relationships don't always end perfectly. And this one ended in a way that gives you the ability to like laugh and be like, I'm literally famous in no, Northern Ireland. No, it's perfect. People talk about me. Like I'm in a library somewhere because don't they like print off newsletters and keep archives of them? That's so she, like, true. Like she is known nationally, globally. It's incredible. Wow. What a story. What a tale of twists and turns. I, I posed the question to our listeners of Ooh. where where are these other stories? Where are the other We want more. Models? We want more because Who had a better arm than Jack? <laughs> got it, got it at least to yes. a different country. Yes. They're out there and they're probably still like physically in the ocean about to wash up on shores somewhere. And so if you know you threw a bottle out there and it hasn't found its way to a shore yet, hit us up because we'll go search for it with you and tell your story along the way. Thank you so much, Taylor, for speaking into this incredible story. Bon voyage. (laughs) A special thanks to our executive producer and editor, Eric Henderson-Hood. Thank you also to our fearless submitter. You know who you are. Thanks for braving the seas with us. If you have a situationship you want to share, email us your story or voice memo to realendingspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and YouTube at realendings or on TikTok at realendingspodcast. Podcast.